Thanks for joining for another episode of What's the Deal, Gross Eel, where I talk with people about the history, places, and events that make Gross Eel unique. I'm Ben Fote. Today I have the pleasure to speak with Rob Sawyer, someone who everyone seems to know or at least know about. Today we're going to talk about his service companies, in particular GI Lift and GI Grub. In the interest of full disclosure, I've been working with Rob as a driver for GI Grub and have substituted in for GI Lift a couple of times. Well, welcome, Rob. It's a pleasure to talk with you about these essential island services, and it's amazing you could sit down with me for just a few minutes. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Ben. So let's just start by uh, having you tell us about yourself and the journey on becoming such an active part of the island life. Well, uh, I was uh, born and raised in Trenton, right over the bridge, and uh, spent most of my adult life there. Um, I moved here uh, uh, after personal situation, divorce, uh, 10 years ago, and uh, came here to the island. And uh, originally, when I moved over here, I was still uh, active uh, with some of my other businesses, but uh, uh, nothing that was really relevant to Grozeal at that time. And uh, I kind of went through a a phase and uh, decided to get out of my career uh, in 2014 um, and uh, then started to, to go to work with some ideas that I've been thinking of. And I've always been in the on-demand space in many different capacities over the years. So I wanted to see what I could do for Grozeal. And so then it started with GI Lift? It started with GI Lift. Yeah, it was a... Um, the, the, the quick story is, is I got a, a text message from T-Mobile on T-Mobile Tuesdays, and they were talking about, they gave you a credit for 15 minutes of free Lyft service. So I downloaded the app, and, and uh, I wasn't really familiar with the Uber Lyft space that well. I hadn't utilized it myself. And so I downloaded it, and uh, from there, uh, I proceeded to get a car, and I had nowhere to go. It was about 7 o'clock on a, on a Tuesday night, and I had nowhere to be. But, um, of course, I got the common icon uh, not available in uh, in your area. Hmm. And uh, so then I downloaded the Uber app and did the same thing and plugged in all my information, gave them all my credit card information, and same thing popped up there, uh, not available in 48138. So... I now am at like 7.15. I have nowhere to go, but I want a car to pick me up and uh, just to be able to prove that it could happen. So I called local taxi companies, car companies. I could not do anything to get a car to pick me up on a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. So that's when I realized that there was a need there. And that's where I spent the next 26 hours awake designing um, not only GI Lift, but GI Grub, which I know you said you want to talk about, and then our um, our task service, GI Hop. So I, I literally uh, designed over the next 24 hours, uh, 26 hours, staying awake, all three of these companies. Oh, so you actually planned them all at the same time? I planned them all at the same time, and uh, not being my first time in business, um, I wanted to launch each of them systematically uh, once a year, uh, almost to the anniversary of each company. So I wanted to get one company off the ground and and make it successful and then get the second company off the ground, do the same, and then again with the third company. So that was the plan with the exception of a few dates that moved forward. Uh, we actually launched GI Grub a year later, but actually October the 1st, which is uh, coming up on our third anniversary here next week. Yeah. So, so that means you've got another company to add, right? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it would only make sense. No, I think I, I think with my my last ac- uh, most current acquisition, uh, uh, which was which was part of the plan as well, that uh, I I'm I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. So, so if somebody wants to use, we'll, we'll just start with GI Lift. So, how do, how does that work? How does somebody use GI Lift? Do they go to a website? Do they have an app? There's a uh, there's the website, and then there's our phone number where they our customers can call, text. Uh, there's a website where they can go to at GILift.com. Uh, they can fill out a, uh, a form there. 90% of the business uh, is uh, to and from Metro Airport uh, servicing customers because when I started doing the research, I found out that there was companies uh, that were that started up and, and, and left that did airport service that were local here on the island, one in particular, but there, was, there wasn't anything at the time. So the, the company developed into about nine, over the last four years, about 90% of the business is airport to and from Metro Airport. The other 10% is broken up into what they call the driver on demand theory, kind of your Uber Lyft. But we, the only thing different with us is that we require require a booking before five o'clock that day for that evening or the night before, before nine o'clock for uh, morning transportation. So what that basically does is we will provide transportation uh, to and from a location on Grozeal. For example, we drop a lot of clients uh, to and from the country club for dinner, uh, any of our local restaurants, and our adjacent cities. So we will go to Trenton, Riverview, Gibraltar, and uh, Wyandotte and provide transportation there so that the customer can be safe. They want to have some cocktails, uh, we'll take them to and from. Then our other small segment of GI Lift is uh, the daytime transportation, and that is people that uh, want to utilize us for going to pick up a car that maybe has been in the shop, going to the hair salon back and forth. And we try to coordinate our services with the uh, recreation department, which handles the senior transportation. So we want to make sure that you know our customers know of those services available too. And most of them have uh, now utilized that because the cost is much more inexpensive. And like I said, that's a makeup of only about five to eight percent of our business on total well and i imagine some of those folks need some special vehicle accommodation so. yes yes and something that we do not offer all of our vehicles are mid-size uh we have one large suv and that's again primarily because of the airport itself but yes to accommodate any type of special needs handling you know wheelchair lift anything like that we do not have that and that was never really a segment i was looking to go to it was a very specific segment of going into the on-demand space, providing safety for entertainment and uh, to, to go out and then also, but most importantly, airport. And, and the best model of the business is that all of our uh, drivers, all eight of them live here on Grozeal. So it's people that are looking for secondary income, they're retired, uh, whatever it may be. And so it's your neighbor driving you and, and people like that comfort level, especially. Oh, sure. Sure. And they're probably not teenagers either. No, no, not, <laughs> not at all. So, cost-wise, is it is it charged by the time, by by the mile, or? So the driver on demand uh, is charged by there's a, a ten dollar base fee and then thirty five cents a minute to and from, and then uh, we discount it by a dollar for the round trip. Very, very inexpensive. I, I've never had anyone, uh, and we've never really done it. We've done one price increase in the time that we've been in business. And with our airport, it's fifty dollars one way to to Metro Airport or one way back, uh, and ninety dollars round trip for a midsize. 120 for an SUV. And again, we have only went from 80 to 90 in the last four years. 
it, it only one price increase and far beats any of the competition that's out there because we're able to start from here. And, and so a lot of our expenses are, are saved because we're starting from here versus a metro car or somebody else that has to come to our destination. Of the it doubles, yeah, it doubles or triples the trip. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so GI grew up. So, so that's similar then. So it, it started a year later. And uh, a year later, it actually started 10 months later. And, uh, you know, I've always been taught in business, uh, always think that no matter what, that someone's trying to, trying to steal your business and, uh, <laughs> and, and operate with that little bit of, you know, entrepreneurs have, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't know what you want to say, mental, mental attributes that maybe other people don't have. And I have, I think all of them, but one of them is a slight piece of paranoia. And they sure. always say that you worry about, someone stealing your business every day and that's the way you should hustle and operate your business. But so as I was going through the year of GI Lift and everything was taking off very, very nicely, my next one was of course on-demand food. But to do that, it wasn't just going to be us going to pick up a meal at any restaurant of of your choice or anything like that. It was, we were going to be the in-house delivery for the restaurants and uh, and that's what I proposed. So I sat down with each restaurant individually and made them an opportunity to allow us to deliver their food, not passing any, anything on to the restaurant, just a $5 to the consumer, allowing that to happen. And it, what, what was so interesting and neat about it was that we started with just a few restaurants at the time here on the island before we expanded over the bridge, bringing food from Uh, restaurants that were off-island onto the island. But what was so interesting about that was is that all of these restaurants never had the opportunity to offer delivery because of labor costs, insurance, all those things. Things that I was very well aware of too going into this. But, you know, Hoi Pan being in business over 30 years on Grozeal and, you know, being a mom and pop operation. I mean, Chuck and Annie are great people, but never having that ability to do that. So I was providing them a service, an add-on revenue source that was costing them next to nothing to do it. Oh yeah, that's great. How do restaurants get on the list? Do you go out and actively approach restaurants? So in the very beginning, I went out and uh, in in 2017, when we were leading up to launching it, I specifically went to all of the restaurants, uh, Smokey's being our first customer, and then moving on to uh, uh, Lloyd's. And at the time, it was uh, EJ's Kitchen, which is now known as Ume. They were right in the process of a sale. So, uh, and then uh, Hoi Pan. Um, and restaurants that made a fit, a good fit for us. Um, the Grozeal Country Club approached us shortly after we opened and said, you know, we'd really like our members to have this service as well. Some people do ask why not um, some of our other restaurants, you know, Island Coney, Perdino's, uh, those kind of things. They were approached and they were offered the opportunity. It was just something they didn't feel was a good fit or for whatever reason didn't want to do it. Uh, of course, Kathy's, which is one of my favorite restaurants on the island, during the day, they close early. So of course they aren't, but every restaurant was offered to be a part of the service. And uh, now with Sully's uh, being open, it's just something that haven't gotten to, but uh, we had started original dialogue when they started construction construction a few years back. So anybody on the island, any restaurant can be a part of it. So I always wanted people to not think that I was being you know, picky choosy, but uh, the two of the restaurants uh, declined and that's no insult to them. It was just something they decided they didn't want to be a part of. Oh, absolutely, and uh, and and then obviously you added you you added uh, Trago and and Roundhouse 
and Grotto. Yeah. So after we got the business going and we knew that we had something, I mean, the first month uh, of delivery, and and I always say the numbers never lie in any business. You know, the first month of, of operation, October 17th. So I did start it two months early out of that paranoia we just spoke of because <laughs> I felt like someone, and I didn't have any specific knowledge, but I had this, this gut that someone was, you know, going to come right behind me and try to you know, start this, this business. But when I was ready then to expand and we had it down pat, the first month of uh, October 17, we had 30 deliveries the entire month, basically one a day, but I still knew the numbers weren't going to lie. I knew we had something. So then I was ready to, you know, each month I watched November, December, and I watched things continue to grow. Uh, Chirago was my first off island. And again, one of my kind of rules that I made for it is that it was only going to support local restaurants. And I wanted to have some type of Grozeal flavor for that restaurant to come on board. So Chirago was our next and Jeremy Siraki, a good friend of mine that owns Chirago's, him and his family, Grozeal residents, uh, uh, you know, and, but however, uh, Trenton based restaurant. So I didn't feel bad at all because I was one supporting another venue of food and there wasn't a Chirago here on the island. So I wasn't worried about any competition. And that was one of the other things. I never was going to sign on another restaurant that was extremely competitive or exactly the same as another restaurant. I didn't want two pizzerias. I didn't want, if that was their primary, uh, for example, like Smokey's does a pizza. But they do, they Colorado, do a little bit of everything. So yeah. Yeah. And they do a little bit of everything and that's not their primary business. So I had no issue with Grotto and I had no issue with Roundhouse because they were, you know, barbecue and pizzeria primaries and that was their market space. So that was the other thing. They had to have a Grozeal connection, which then we added adding on Grotto and and Roundhouse uh, owned by Chris Hancock at the time. And again, Grozeal resident, been here many years and uh, very active as well in the community with his construction company and, and different things. So yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. So then, so since it's a the delivery service for the restaurant, then you'd go to the restaurant to make your order. You, you call, you call the restaurant. And, uh, basically what happened, what you do is you, I, I, I we, and we reached out and we thought we were going to do, I thought we were going to do an app originally, but then working with the restaurants and a lot of them at the time, not able to handle an application, you know, Hoi Pan without using, you know, the point of sale technology, Lloyd's at the time without the point of sale technology, the country club without it. So we decided, and then the other thing we did is we weren't going to be able to afford you know, this was this was going to be a, a mom and pop business, which it still is. You know, it was a boutique oper- It's a boutique operation. So I didn't want to have a large integration. I didn't want to have a call center, even if it was a call center of one. And because it, it was just me behind the windshield, you know, driving and picking up the food. So the way I made it was very, very simple for the restaurant and the consumer. We had a website. We have a website. Go to the website. You look at their menus. I have them all collaborate under one website. You call the restaurant directly. And one of the reasons for that model also is because when restaurants, uh, 80, excuse me, not 86 or when they run out of something, sure. uh, I don't. I don't know that. So I'm, I don't want to then call the consumer back and I don't want to make a mistake if they want a steak or hamburger well done or uh, the specific sauce or when, you know, any of that. So I just thought it was better to keep that connection with the consumer to the restaurant to place the order and then the restaurant to dispatch us so that we could pick it up. So I just thought it was ease of doing business for the restaurant, for us and for the consumer so that nothing was wrong. And it worked because without the app, 
it gives that, yeah, that continuous connection with the server or you know the the restaurant tour and it, it it really minimizes errors i mean we've had very 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 minimal errors in almost uh, 3 years with this business absolutely and and now because of probably partly because of covid and the and the uh uh, the increase in in carry out there 's a lot more a lot more direct website ordering for say roundhouse grotto uh lloyd 's I, I think lloyd 's has picked up with their online ordering quite a bit yes yes yeah with the sale of lloyd 's hands to to again jeremy uh, uh the owner of Tarago going on to a point of sale with online ordering and yeah i mean I can say that uh covid like everybody i'm i 'm no different but COVID, like everybody, it, it affected all of us, and uh, it affected, for sure, the uh, uh, way that food was presented and, and how it will be presented and delivered, I think, for, for forever now. But, you know, a lot of people in the very beginning, uh, our business was hit like every business. You know, speaking of GI Lift, you know, we went down to zero because of no transportation, but our food business, our delivery business did pick up, but not like people would think it would. But yes, uh, the online ordering, online delivering, people requesting to have us leave it on their porch, uh, you know, no contact delivery, restaurants going to curbside, you know, those kind of things. And, and these are new and, and they're not going anywhere. Um, and, and I think we'll see that for some time. And it did bring a much more presence on a whole for delivery, you know, definitely increased delivery at that time, especially, especially when restaurants were completely closed for that short time when you could not dine in in a restaurant. Sure. And since we're talking about the challenges with that, um, how's the bridge affected both of those businesses? Well, I mean, of course, um, it affects both of them. I will say, fortunately, not as dramatically as it has in the past when it's been closed for short periods of time. Hmm. And that's due to, again, COVID, because we don't have people, uh, as many people right now, commuting to work. So the bridge traffic is at a minimum compared to what it usually would be. So when we would have short-term closures before, um, there were times that we had to, to delay or not deliver for our Trenton restaurants at that time, because it was just, it was, you couldn't get, get over the bridge in time, but it also due to that, it did increase our business over here because people were so frustrated and driving all day. They didn't want to go out and they would then make maybe a selection that they wanted specifically on the Island. And that's always been something back and forth. It was never to take away from Island businesses. It was to enhance their revenue, but also bring cut consumers with other choices. And it was just something that was never given or an opportunity to be done. But with the bridge closed, the, the, the county bridge closed, yes, it definitely does that. Plus, it's a cost to me. Um, you know, we're paying for our drivers to go over the bridge. And um, it, it, I mean, we're absorbing that cost. So, yeah, it's, it's affected us definitely. Yeah. So I guess that means you've dealt with competition on both of these from the beginning, really, then. So there is your competition out there and, it, and it's always, you know, I always find it in, uh, interesting because the, the larger companies and always avoid places like this. And I say this, like our island, something that's more difficult to get to. They always avoid providing the services, hence me starting the GI Lift company and then the GI Grub company. But it always starts that way. But then when they see someone creating a niche with a boutique operation being successful, they then, you know, they want to get in on it as well. Now, when I started the company, especially GI Grub in 2000, 
uh, 17. Grubhub had a very small presence in this area. DoorDash had no presence in this area. They were not coming over here. Now, just before bridge closure, you know, you had a, a decent presence of DoorDash and Grubhub and even a little bit of Uber Eats, but they had a very minimal territory of where they would come to on Grozeal. But now Grubhub has made, uh, they're trying to make more of an impact by bringing food over here. They do have some agreements with some of our restaurants off-island, which I have no problem with because they operate for essentially from 10 a.m. until the restaurants close. And, and you know, we're an, an evening dinner service specifically for our restaurants. The only thing I don't like about Grubhub specifically, it's not that they're a competition. I, I take it as a flattering thing. Uh, you know, we may still be in a situation where food delivery wasn't even on Grozeal had I not started this. And I don't say that in an arrogant sense, but... You know, I brought an awareness to it. I will say that I've uh, been contacted over the last three years by corporate entities of Grub and DoorDash, you know, asking about our model, asking if this was a business that we were interested in possibly selling. I never got hard concrete offers, but I was, again, never going to sell it. And 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 I, I have to be personal on that for a minute. You know, I, I am very proud of GI Grub. And I am not saying to not support a Grubhub or a DoorDash or anything like that. But, you know, the one thing is, is that we were the first to bring it here. We have, with the exception of Christmas Day and New Year's Day and Easter, we are open 362 days a year. We have never closed. We have never taken a day off. We have never started late. We have never closed early. We have been there for every one of our restaurants. And we've generated revenue back into the community for those restaurants where Grubhub is kind of that, and I, I'm careful with the word I use, but you know, they'll basically take on anybody and, you know, especially the franchises. And I limit myself. I went last night to a franchise to eat. It was a, it was a, on, on my one night off. It's, I have one franchise that I'll go to and it's, it's Buffalo Wild Wings. And I'm certainly not giving them a plug, but it's my one franchise because I had people even, you know, inbox me this morning and said, Hey, you went to Buffalo Wild Wings. And that's my one I just like, I like their darn wings, but, um, I've, I've got to guess that another restaurant's going to try doing better wings. I, you know what? It's funny. It's uh, <laughs> your menu today as a matter of fact, uh, with the expansion of that, but yeah, no, but I mean, uh, seriously, so that, that's where I take, you know, a little bit of, um, insult to, to, to Grubhub is because they are Grubhub is because they are providing food from basically any restaurant. They'll bring it over here. They'll do it, you know, for the consumer. I'm not going to be mad at a consumer or a friend that uses, you know, Grub, but I just wish that they would consider GI Grub for not only, of course, selfishly, yes, for our business, <laughs> but also for the support of the local restaurants. Sure. Sure. All right. So we've talked about GI Lift, GI Grub, and now uh, your service business, GI Hop. Our other company uh, is GI Hop, which is a task-based service, and that's kind of a... Is that like TaskRabbit? Yeah, TaskRabbit and those kind of things. And again, that was another way to bring on-demand services to Grozeal. We'll pick up your laundry. We'll do your, you know, pick up your prescriptions. We'll do those things. But then the company kind of took a different direction. It really... It was the only company that had a difficult time finding a specific identity. You know, we have wait service. Like we will go and sit in your home uh, while you wait, while the the cable company comes because (laughs) they have to get to work. We will, you know, do just about anything odd. But then what it started to turn into were, you know, specific house 
services. You know, would you clean our gutters? Would you do this? And so we didn't want to become a handyman company. So I decided to, again, you know, niche on a few specific services. And those services were, you know, residential driveway snow removal, um, gutter cleaning in the spring and fall, and power washing for homes. Again, not a lot of, and I would not compete with any Grozeal businesses for snow removal because we have some excellent snow removal companies. So my customers that I obtain, the, the, the small book of business that I have for residential snow plowing have not or did not leave any of our Grozeal businesses to do that. I, I'm okay with competition, but I'm not going to take, again, when it's their primary market space, I'm not going to take business from them. But the company morphed into that, which we then changed it uh, under the, the flagship of our our, my, uh, our Robert Sawyer companies. And that was really the first time I had ever, when I started these companies, the GI Lift, the GI Grub, yes, I was copying names and I was doing it on purpose, you know, with the larger companies right. and then and GI Hop. I mean, people say I was, you know, it wasn't very original, but it was because I was doing it on purpose. But I was so proud of these companies. It was the first time that I actually, you know, name branded with my own name, the Robert Sawyer companies. And under that came Robert Sawyer Contracting. And that was where it, it, it like I said, it morphed into a contracting company. We have a building uh, here on Grozeal where, you know, we have our equipment and office space and we provide, we're getting ready to come into the fall season here of gutter cleaning and uh, then soon snow removal. And we still continue to maintain and we'll be doing all that. So I imagine if somebody has a need and uh, they can't find somebody else to do it, they should contact you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, uh, yes, can contact me again on our website. If you go to uh, the GI Hop, it's on Facebook and also on our website. And, and that's with two Ps, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Thank you. Yeah, GI Hop. All of our companies have the uh, four-letter uh, followings to their names. So, yeah. Well, that's consistent. I think most people know that you've taken over at uh, Grotto over on, on Van Horn. It's, re, it's probably the farthest drive that you can get to get pizza from the island. But Right now with the bridge closed, yes, yes. Yeah, Grotto, uh, I did acquire Grotto Restaurant. I purchased that, and um, uh, that was something that was in the works for a little while. And that was actually where my goal was. Uh, these companies that I built, you know, I knew that the on-demand space was going to continue to grow, competition to continue to grow. But my passion in the past in business has always been in restaurants. And that was why the food delivery was such a passion because it was working directly as a vendor with restaurants. But at the same time, the uh, need and want to actually have my own restaurant, uh, which I've always been a, a, an interest in having, really, really uh, became even more passionate and strong when I was spending daily in these restaurants because I thought I, I can do this and I, I can also do some of it better. So I really, really yeah. wanted my own uh, place to hang my hat uh, with a restaurant. Well, that's great. We're going to give you a couple months to to get get your feet in there and and uh, get some changes, and then we'll come back and talk about that probably for an, an entire episode. So that would be great. Yeah, so we'll and I have to say, and I ha- I can't take anything away from the the original founder of 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 Grotto, uh, Chris Hancock, who also still owns the Roundhouse Restaurant. He started both of them, and again, a non restaurant tour that turned himself into a restaurant tour with actually a really great story of how he did. And, Again, for another time, and we can talk about that. But you know what he started was absolutely amazing, and 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 he is a friend. Uh, he is a fellow businessman. The the opportunity to purchase that restaurant from him has been nothing but an honor, 
people ask name change this that nothing uh, why change a good thing recipes no we're adding dishes hold on like i said another topic but uh we are keeping what is already there and just wanting to make it you know even more amazing so that's all absolutely one question that came up into my mind was was uh what if what if people are interested in being part of these what if they want to work uh as a gi lift driver as a grub driver as um at the re- at the restaurant for that matter contact um, me contact me via social media they can contact me uh on my personal email uh our uh, robert p sawyer at gmail.com uh my cell phone number it's all over the place so i mean it's my private cell but i'm <laughs> sharing it 734-624-5556 yes i mean we're always looking for people so especially in these days and yeah, with any of our companies, and I have, the, I ask them to please reach out because yes, labor is a huge issue right now with uh, any restaurant, any anybody, and um, it's just yeah, it, it's it's troubling, and that's a that's a, a political conversation. So we'll keep away. From <laughs> that. You know, there's just we need to get people back to work, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate the time you've you've taken with me today. Um, I, what I, the way I like to close our, our interviews is, is to give you a chance to make a wish for the island community. So, so if you had a chance to, to just wish anything for Gross Eel, what would that be? You know, it's going to be pretty easy because um, after starting these businesses and getting, you know, I, I became much, much more involved in Grozeal. And one of my passions is the Downtown Development Authority. And I sit on that board uh, as a volunteer. And uh, I worked very, very closely with that and also with the Parks and Rec. But my passion is you can start a business and you can have a successful business on Grozeal. And I proved that. Um, I'm not a genius by any means. Uh, I may be a good businessman, but I'm not a genius. And I want to see any business that's currently on Grozeal thrive. And I want to see new businesses continue to come. And so I guess if it was my wish, I would say that for someone out there who's always thought of maybe starting a business and hasn't taken that plunge yet, we have space and opportunities uh, in our downtown district. And for consumers uh, and residents of the island, I mean, we're working with 10,500 residents on a very small 4,500 households on a small island that, you know, we need people to support themselves, support the businesses so that they can continue to grow. So my dream, though, though a lot of it, it's a, it's a big dream, uh, mouthful, I should say, is that, uh, that, that our community continues to you know, connect, you know, one, just very quickly on that, you know, one of the, the neat things that uh, there are many good things that came from the COVID. I mean, God bless those that have been sick and pray for them and those that even lost their lives on Grozeal, but, and the businesses that were hurt that are coming back and those that closed and will never reopen. But, you know, some of the other positive things, you know, we've had the Grozeal Bakery that's been on this island for, you know, again, 30 years. And, you know, they got on the map with their, you know, their um, uh, prepped pizzas where you, you just buy them. And, and they've them. offered them forever. It, it, and they've been there forever and they and people have used them forever. And now, though, they they have a, a, repu- a better reputation because nobody knew they were doing this. And it's like, how do you not know that they're doing this? And I know that, you know, they're not big into social media, but 
but by social media and and Grozeal now and, and and having that page and that was the reason I started that group was you know for people to be able to intercommunicate and I'm very proud of that group I mean we we get you know criticized a little bit because of you know our um our uh, monitoring of the page and taking certain posts down and, you know, political things and that. But I have to say, you know, there's an example of a business that has thrived through COVID because now it's like they have even a better identity and everybody's talking about them. So my wish, my dream is that, um, of course, we all stay healthy. We all continue to, to prosper on this island, but for our businesses and our residents, you know, I'll give you, and I'm sorry, Ben, I, I, you hit a button with me on that oh, no. one. You know, we have a year in one of our studies that came out to the DDA, and I know that you can't get everything on this island. I know we don't have new new car dealerships, um, but we have those that are owned by Grozeal residents. You know, for example, Gorham Ford. Um, you know, we have those kind of things. So I know that you cannot get everything on Grozeal, and you'll never be able to get everything on Grozeal. But and with Amazon's impact of having four trucks a day delivering 1,200 packages to this island, I know there are things there, and I use Amazon. But there are things there that I will always try to go to our garden center, to our hardware, to anywhere before I click that button or go off island. My point to that is, is that you know we have 164 million dollars in retail monies. Now that includes cars, that includes uh, many, many things that are bought over the bridge that is that's, that seeps through our space and goes off the bridge. Again, I know it's because of major purchases, large purchases, all kinds of different things that we can't provide or our businesses currently don't have here, but $164 million a year is spent by residents of Grozeal that, that buy it off the island. I mean, that's significant. That's significant. Mm -hmm. It was a a number that was brought to us by uh, uh, an an economic uh, portion of our planning that we're doing for the DDA. And that's just like, wow. But I know that number can come down with people utilizing, whether they have a grudge with that company or they just give them a try again. Okay. I mean, we've got great companies making, you know, everything they can to, to, to survive here on the island. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to ask everyone to make sure to, to follow GI Lift and GI Grub on Facebook and, and see what's happening with those. Uh, thanks again, Rob, for your time. I know that I and the rest of the island appreciate, appreciate you and what you're doing for the community. Well, I thank you for that, Ben. But at the same time, I appreciate and I'm humbled by this community every day. When I started these companies, I didn't know how I would be treated and how they'd be supported. And these companies have grown and 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 done what they've done because of the support of this amazing community. Yes, people say I love Grozeal. Yes, I do. I bleed Gro bleed Grozeal. You know, uh, red and white, day in and day out. And uh, whether my restaurants in Trenton or my businesses, other businesses are here, I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm you know I'm I'm here for good. I own I own my own home condo here, and I, I love Grozeal. It's an amazing place. It's it, it is a fantasy island. <laughs> well, thanks. What's the Deal Gross Eel is recorded and produced by me, Ben Fote. You can keep in touch with me through the What's the Deal Gross Eel Facebook page. Our intro and credit music is Mock Tales in the Rain by Anti Ludo, which is used through a Creative Commons license. Find more of his music on soundclick.com as Anti's Instrumentals. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on What's the Deal Gross Eel.